Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number 84. Chris, I heard you got COVID, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I did, and I was about to cough, right? You said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, remember that lovely vacation that I went on a couple weeks ago? Uh, pretty sure I got COVID there. Oof. So, yeah, I am recovering, or mostly recovered. Uh, it was, yeah, two days of really bad, and then a few days of black, and now I'm I'm mostly better, although I definitely feel like more mentally and physically tired more easily. Yeah. Noticing that. Um, but yeah, mostly okay. Uh, my wife and I both got it. The, the kids didn't. Uh, we isolated from them, uh, which was tricky, isolating two parents from two kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they didn't get it. And we actually just tested them and they're still negative. So uh, because they start school on Wednesday. So we really Ooh. didn't want to give it to them. So we were very careful. Um, yeah. So, well so far, done. so good. That's a, that's a effort. That's a, yeah. <laughs> to not give it to your kids. That's good. I know, yeah. That our, my, our nine-year-old can do like I mean, they both can use the microwave, and they both can. So we sort of directed them from on top of the stairs, you know, about <laughs> what to do. Uh, but it worked out. That's like a walkie-talkie system, or like <laughs> FaceTime yeah. from from downstairs. Um, that sounds pretty similar to how COVID was for Sarah and I. Uh, did either of you lose your smell or uh, uh, I currently, it's actually really weird. So I can't smell some things at all. I can smell some things at like a hundred percent and mm. other, uh, most things are at like 10%. So I lost a lot of smell, um, mm. it, but it took a while. So it's different than what other I've heard other people. So it took a while and then I noticed food tasting weird. And so I started smelling things and like, so my wife is taking this cough syrup, which is like, or like really powerful fake orange. And I can't smell that at all. But mm. then I was taking like NyQuil, which is like fake cherry flavor. And I could smell that at like a hundred percent. And so uh, very strange. Um, yes, but uh, coffee is bitter water right now, which is sad. And, uh, <laughs> other, other things, but uh, yeah. I, so we'll see. Hopefully, I was hopefully it all comes the, back. The first time I got it, I like totally lost my smell, and it was such a strange human experience of realizing how much I depend on smell for so many different things. Um, yeah. I, I remember really vividly, like the moment I realized I had COVID, I was having Tom Tom Ka soup. It's this Thai soup with lemongrass in it. And I remember eating it and being like, wow, they, they really like didn't season it very well because you can barely taste the lemongrass. In fact, can I, can I taste any lemongrass in this? This is a very bland soup. <laughs> There's like no flavor in this. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Did I smell anything? And then I went and like smelled the, the dish soap. And like I, I was so excited because I, I had felt like trash uh, for like all that day and a little bit of the day before. And I thought it was just really bad allergies. And so I was like, ah, oh, mm. I haven't figured out allergies yet. And, and this sucks. But then when I realized it was COVID, I was like, ah, oh, I have an explanation for it. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like, now I know that, you know, this this is the thing the entire world has been freaking out about for several months. So uh, it, it felt okay to have an explanation for, like, what was going on. Uh, but then the second time I got it, just a, a month ago, um, I didn't lose my smell at all. Sarah lost hers for, like, a day and a half. And then it immediately came back. Um but I, I kind of miss it. Like it's a cool experience. <laughs> it's, it's like a like an altered perception. You, you get to see the world from a different perspective. Of like, oh yeah, coffee is just bitter water. Um, <laughs> I love that description. That's yeah, that's really funny. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I really hope it comes back. But uh, it is kind kind of interesting while while it's gone. I haven't tried anything weird. Uh, I saw like Hank Green uh, had uh, COVID. He's a YouTuber, and um, he tried some foods that he hates and uh while he couldn't smell and that was interesting to hear like blue cheese and olives and something else mm. uh, that was an interesting video so uh, but i i kind of like a lot of foods so, so there's <laughs> not, i couldn't think of anything that i wanted to try when i didn't have a, didn't have smell yeah that's fair i guess this is a effective form of dieting if you just can't smell foods then they, they don't uh, taste i as have interesting. 
I have lost a lot of weight, yeah, but mostly because I like I feel like eating soup. <laughs> like I, I, I like I don't really feel like eating very much, uh, not because of my smell, just because I felt gross. So mm. yeah, I did lose weight, but yeah. makes sense. I I wish I I also felt like that the for a couple of days or weeks afterwards, just sort of a general lethargy that I found myself feeling very frustrated in myself with, because um, I. I in general, I like to push myself towards like, all right, I, I can be doing more than this. And like, I can be getting up earlier and I can be doing more things. And uh, retrospectively, I think I'm a little too hard on myself in situations where I'm sick. Like, it's okay. I like, I can, I can take a few days and take it easy. And that's the best strategy long-term. And uh, I don't, I don't need to like feel guilty about not getting as much done on top of that because I had COVID and like, that's a big deal. And it's okay to, to take a few days off. And uh, I think part of the reason that we're doing this sort of, thing um is that there, there's more flexibility in it to be able to uh take time off when you need to so yeah uh take it easy yeah yeah i have given myself a lot of permission to take it easy uh yes i did do some work though so we can talk all about that let's dive into that then let's uh right. talk to me about oh acorn chat i'd love to start with um because i think you said you had some feature requests from users which is a great sign of engagement that like people are using it enough to want it to be different I did. Two users uh, reached out for two different feature requests, uh, so that's good. I have people actually wanting something. Um, so yeah, one uh, um, one was actually really interesting. This is an interesting case study, and what they asked for is not actually what they are trying to do. It's just mm. the bug that they noticed. So I noticed on this guy's site that it was placed in the center, whereas most of the time, it, I mean, it hard codes itself to the bottom right. So that was mm. interesting. I was like, how do you do that? Turns out he was putting an iframe where he wanted it, where he wanted the, the thing to be. And that's how he mm. was moving it to the center bottom of his like contact form or Clever. contact page. Um, the bug he was seeing was that the iframe, because it was only like a partial window width, when the um, when the chat window opened, it was opening within that small iframe and it was cut off, you know? So mm. it like wasn't dynamically resizing small enough. I had a minimum size basically, mm -hmm. uh, which I set to like, I, I looked up like the smallest, you know, modern phone sizes and set it to smaller than that. So. Mm on normal pages it will it will have no problem with its min width because even on tiny phones it should show up but in his iframe was skinnier than that mm. um so what he asked for was for it to dynamically resize to that iframe uh what but what he really wanted was for the thing to move to the center mm. and so um yeah so i think i'm going to do both of those things uh basically allow the the little widget to move around um and then also dynamically resize it because that seems like a good thing to do uh that's an ex and that's an example of i did it the easy way first which is fix with it you know but uh now it should dynamically resize so cool. um yeah so that was one of them um, and then the that's other a, one was really oh, quick on ahead. that one. That's a, that's a really yep. good, yeah, I, I guess you said this already, but like figuring out the job to be done, like the, the feature request that you got was, can you, you know, dynamically resize this in the iframe, but like digging a little deeper, the thing that he's actually trying to get done is to move it to the center. And yeah, that, that makes sense to have as a, as a top level feature that just, you know, you have in your preference pane that you can, you can change, uh, uh, where it is. So yeah, really good example of like, don't, don't do what your customers ask you to do. Like, uh, you, you need to better understand it and, and check to make sure that like, that's within your product scope. I could imagine, you know, a situation where maybe he was, he was trying to do some sort of a weird integration with a third party thing. And that's why it needed to be needed to be in an iframe. And it would have been valuable to figure out like, oh, people are going to try to integrate it with this thing. And I should build the first party integration with that thing instead of what he's literally asking me for, which is to, to do the iframe so yeah it, you did the due diligence of that and uh that that that's a that's a really good case study yep uh yep and then uh someone else uh they um they want to be able to pass logged in user information to the thing so that 
because when it comes up now, it'll like say someone's chatting with you, but it doesn't have any information about who it is or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so they want to like pass a user ID or a username or something so that when they start chatting in Slack, it'll actually tell you who, um, uh, like it'll give you that information. So mm -hmm. that uh, is something that I wanted to do from the beginning, but I didn't because, you know, MVP. Um, and now someone's asking for it, so I will do it. It is reasonable and I want to do it. And so, uh, yeah, that's the second feature. Cool. And I wanted to do those last week. Uh, I sort of did a little bit, and then I ran out of steam. So yeah, you this got week, COVID, my dude. Like I know, I know it's, exactly, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, this week uh, I should do those things. Yep. Cool. Um, a few more questions on that, and then I'd love to dig into marketing stuff. Um, how th this is th this sort of problem of like how a website can pass arbitrary data into a, a embedded plugin. I have this problem on file inbox and. Mm. I have hacky ways of doing it, but none of them is, have quite clicked. Like you can pass it via the URL parameter, yeah. um, but then people have to know a certain amount of coding to be able to like dynamically insert the, the URL parameter. And so then I was thinking like, okay, well maybe my plugin can look for things on the page based on ID. And then mm. when I'm, you know, so so maybe if, if, the, if the user ID is somewhere on the page, you just tell my plugin like, this is where it is and then look in that ID and then it would be a little bit more no code. Uh, but I, I haven't quite grasped onto like a, a solution that feels good of, of how to do that how are you thinking about the problem yeah so i am i was going to do the url route well so i i asked him you know so i, I actually asked him over email like uh or i suggested the url route because it sounded like he just wanted to pass one piece of information and so yeah. i think url route is fine for that um uh the and then the other way i thought to do it was give them another uh javascript snippet or as part of the same you know integrated snippet um and have some kind of globally unique variable. So like, you know, acorn chat data equals object. Um, and then I could read that in my script. Um, so that was the other way I thought to do it. Um, that's clever. And then that's more flexible, like you could be doing it server side. Would that be reactive then? Or, or would he have to have that initialized like as the, the plugin's loading? He would have to have it initialized when the plugin's loading, unless yeah. my plugin got a lot more complicated. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe then just pass it via uh, a data attribute, uh, like in the script tag. What's how, how are you doing? Oh, you could do that too. Yeah, you could do that too. Yeah, it, it's a script tag. So yeah, a data attribute on the script tag actually would okay make just as much sense. Probably oh, more sense. Oh, I have a I have a feature suggestion for you that uh, okay. I did accidentally on file inbox that uh, turned out to be super super good for SEO, which is have your embed code be a link and the script tag, and then you replace the link with the iframe or whatever. And what that yes. does is for SEO, now Google is seeing that you have all of these backlinks uh, for every time you have the, the widget embedded, and then that, that boosts your SEO score. And then, because you're, you're controlling what people are copying and pasting, yes. I'm not entirely sure how this works. You, you might have to talk to Jonathan Zachs, but like, you can put whatever text you want in their link, so whatever search terms you want to show up for, like, that's what you insert in the link. And then, you know, you, you could do something cheeky, like have uh, the text, you know, best live widget chat. Uh, like right. that's the text of the link that then gets embedded in their site, and then you you swap out the link so no one ever sees it uh, with the the embed. But I highly recommend you do that. Interesting. Um, I I have a link that gets created by the JavaScript, which is not the same thing, and so it's interesting to think about it the other way. I didn't think about that. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah. I don't so. know if that would get picked up on Google. I think it's still pretty dumb with that sort of thing. That if, if it's yeah. dynamic content, yeah. Yeah. So Google still it's, so. Google does read JavaScript. I mean, it, it does, like, with all the React pages and stuff. It, it will read them now. Um, 
but for many reasons it is often better to you know have like an actual link tag from the beginning without javascript yeah but mm. um i i don't know if they you'd have to ask an seo expert if they because i know google can read the javascript so i don't know if like they give you a better score if it's an actual hard-coded link that they don't need javascript for i don't yeah i'm not i'm not sure okay it's a sort of black magic yeah. anyway like i don't i don't, I don't know yeah. if we could test it um and i know that having the hard grid link in there works so mm -hmm. uh that's that's my official suggestion and then uh you can you can do whatever you want all right <laughs> <laughs> while we're on the topic sort of segueing into uh seo which is one of the 19 marketing channels outlined by attraction my new favorite book uh what is the uh marketing plan how what so i i, I know that like this is one of a number of things that you're doing right now and um uh, you had COVID also, so like, uh, totally fine that, that uh, not very much marketing stuff has gotten pushed forward. But like, I I would love to nudge you a little bit into just defining a plan of like how how might you uh, be pushing forward marketing? Um, uh, and have have any ideas come to mind recently, or, or uh, can we can we talk through like what would make sense? Uh, not really, partially because I've had COVID, and partially yeah. because yeah, I just haven't thought about it. Um, I should probably retraction like you are. Um, I have it as well. And so I should probably figure that out. I, I'm at a place where I know now. So I'm getting some traffic from uh, the Slack app store. I have some people actually asking for things. So I should really, I think the best thing I could do right now is engaging them, making mm -hmm. them very happy. And then um, uh, trying to figure out like how they, how they actually found me and mm -hmm. yeah, talk to them. So after, after I do these feature requests and I make them happy, then trying to get them on a phone, on the phone, for example, might be a really good thing to do. Um, yeah, so I think I'm still at the, the the do things that don't scale phase of marketing. Like, I don't think I'm ready for a bunch of ads or something yet. Yep. Um, I think I need to, uh, yeah, it, highly engage my first few users is the best thing I could be doing, I think. Yeah. I like that. I have a couple of ideas I'd love to just spitball with you. Um, sure. The first thing that comes to mind is you could be uh, experimenting with paid ads for different uh, SEO terms. So figure out, like... Uh, you know slack slack live chat app if that's something getting any sort of uh targeting you know like buy, buy a month of hrefs mm -hmm. uh right. and spend a few days going on a safari of like what are the terms people are googling for to get to uh intercom is the main competitor is that right yeah yeah so what what terms are they ranking for which of their terms would make sense for you to rank for uh and then what happens if you buy ads and then the the system i think from traction is like have have enough analytics in place that you can see uh, based on the, the, based on each of the search terms, um, how many how many customers did you get from that? And if if that number makes sense, but it doesn't make sense paying for the traffic, then you know that you can invest in that term for SEO. And if that right. number makes sense, and it even makes sense like paying for the the uh, cost per click, then you just dump money into that, and then that's like you found an engine to to be able to grow the company. Um, how does that SEO uh, paid ad journey sound? Um, I feel like that is going for eyeballs when I'm not ready for it yet. Although that it could also just be me making excuses. Um, uh, I, I at least bet need better analytics. I know this is something you've been searching for as well, but like, yeah. how do you actually track what people see and when they see it and when they convert? And because, you know, conversions, like they could see it once and then they could see the ad twice and then they could look for you in the Slack app store and then buy you. Like, how do you yeah. track that journey? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's something we're both struggling with actually right now is, yeah tracking things like paid ads uh, is hard hearing you say that the answer seems so obvious which is just like have a have a field when they're filling out the form that's like how did you hear about me and if they say google <laughs> yeah. like 
and you know that that month you, you had bought paid ads, you can be pretty confident. Like, you know, if, if, if before you bought the paid ad, you know, 5% of people said that they came from Google, and then after you bought the paid ad, 50% of people said they heard you through Google. You know that the people who heard you through Google came from the paid ad. Uh, so that's, like, good enough attribution that, that you can figure out that that's where they're coming from, um, especially if you're dealing in the, in the smaller volume. I agree that it's a tricky problem with, like, trying to attribute them... Like, if they click on the ad, they cost you money, but then if they go through the Slack app store, you wouldn't necessarily be able to track them. And I imagine, I'm not sure what the Slack app store looks like, but is that, like, in-app, or uh, you, you probably can't get analytics of, like, where they came from from the Slack app store. Uh, I, so I can know if they clicked install in the Slack app store okay, um, because of how the sign-up process works, but that's it. Other than that, like, I, if they click on, like, view website or whatever, yeah. um, I can't tell, like, which page of the Slack app store or whatever they clicked view website. Like, I can't, as far as I have seen, I, I don't know how to track that. Like, the okay. Slack app store must said there's no ref. Like, so if, you can't tell. If, so, so... But that, that's coming through the Slack app store. So you know, you know if people came directly through, through the Slack app store. If someone, there, there, yeah, go ahead. There's two. There's two ways you can install something from the Slack app store. You can click Add to Slack right in the app, the Slack app yes. store app. And um, I can tell when someone does that. Okay. But what most people do is they'll visit. It says Visit Developer Website is another yep. button. You can click that and it just opens the website in a, in Chrome or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can't tell. And then they and then they sign up directly on your page. Yes. So I can like tell how many people signed up on my page and how many people signed up through the Slack app store. What I can't yes. tell is how many people clicked view developer page and then signed really? up on my site. Really? Yeah. Like a technical limit or like right now you can't tell? Because I would imagine you can just see that through the refer. Oh, well, that's what I'm, I think they're blocking the refer. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Can you change what link is the developer site? Could you send them to like a link with a... With a uh, URL parameter that shows that it was from the Slack app store. That's a really good idea. Thank you. I'm full. Of, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, I can. I think I just about any change has to get, you have to get reapproved. <laughs> okay. Which is annoying. But so I think I could change that. Um, if I had a good reason for it, like a good enough reason to get it reapproved. Um, so yes, if I made a page with better, like a dedicated landing page with, um, better verbiage about coming from the Slack app store or something and then change it to that? Yes, I think I could. That is a very good idea. Could I ask you to just try just changing it and say that the reason Probably. is like you want better tracking? Because what's, what's that going to take you? Like five minutes? And you don't uh, even need to yeah. like have a, like, you know, just have a URL parameter that's, I use that ref, ref, ref. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's a standard that's like UTM something something that's used for Google Ads. Um, yeah. But just add like question mark ref equals Slack um, and then without even knowing how you're going to track that yet, submit that in five minutes. And then with whatever tracking tool you're going to use, um, know to, to pay attention to the ref and then you'll know to attribute those people to the, the Slack store. Uh, yep. I'm surprised I did not think of that earlier. So that's great. Good job. Sweet. Um, and then for... I, I, so actually before, I know why I didn't do that. It's because I thought I was going to be able to read the ref, um, but I can't. Okay. So okay. I thought I was going to be able to read it. So. Okay. Um, and then for tracking people from uh, coming from a Google ad, uh, do, do you have tracking in place to be able to uh, attribute those people? I mean, th those would. If I made it a click ad, then I, I for that I definitely would add a uh, like I I would go to a dedicated page probably or maybe just a URL parameter. Okay. Um, so yeah, that I would be able to to track. Yeah. Okay. And then if someone came, if someone clicked on your site through a Google ad, 
mm-hmm. and then clicked on your site through a Google natural search result and then went to the Slack app store and then clicked on it from the Slack app store and then clicked install. Could you map all of those together? Currently, no. Yeah. Okay. So I need better analytics before I do that. Yeah. So do I. That's, this is also something. something I can't do yet. This yeah. is why I'm building my own tool. <laughs> okay. Uh, Segmetrics by our friend Keith uh, Perhack, mm. um, who's in a bunch of the bootstrapter groups, I think might be that, that I'm going to I'm gonna try. I'm going to see. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm right. schedule a call with him and uh, see if that'll get it done. But uh, I've already like built out my <laughs> schema for my table of how I'm going to do this myself. So of course. I think inevitably that's, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay, cool. That that was my first idea, uh, uh, Safari. But like the the analytics, I think needs to come first. But that sounds like it should be reasonably straightforward. Like in the worst case, in the short term, you're just going to be misattributing people that are coming to your site from multiple places. Um, yeah. So as long as you can see, like you know, someone came from a Google ad and then they clicked install, and you can credit that towards the the Google uh, install. I think that's a worthwhile experiment to put a, a couple hundred dollars into. Following the uh, traction metrics, uh, it should be a one-month experiment that costs under a thousand dollars. So you can take some of your own time in there, I guess, and drop like five hundred dollars in ads and uh, see what happens. Um, my second idea was: is there something clever you could do with websites that already have one of these things installed, or websites that don't have one of them installed and should? So I'm thinking like you go to sites with Intercom already installed and you send them a message like, "Hey." How's your intercom bill? <laughs> would you would you like to save some money? Although although doing it based on pricing isn't great, uh, or going to websites that like should have live chat but have an email instead, and emailing them and having like a canned email template of like, hey, uh, oh, it'd be great if you could know that they use Slack. Also, I'm not sure how you could figure that out. Um, I can't. Okay. If there um, was a clever way to get that, that'd be great. But uh, the yeah. the email that I would love to see sent out is like, hey, uh, I noticed that you have. Uh, emails email forms to contact people on your site uh if you're using slack or ideally you already know they're using slack and you'd be like i also see you're using slack uh and you know having a a widget in the bottom where people can live chat uh converts this many times better and is a much better user experience um and uh you know you can schedule a call with me or you can click this button to try it out and it's free for 30 days um Am I, am I ringing any bells there? Does any of that sound good? Yeah. So, the if they don't have anything, then sending them something, sending them an email, I think that that'd be okay. Like I could try that. Although it's probably extremely like, I guess I could hire a VA or something to go, you know, get a bunch of people, or I could do it myself for a while. Um, responding to people's intercom and saying like, "Hey, how's your intercom bill?" That's the kind of thing that probably does work, but I really don't want to do. I feel <laughs> like that. It felt gross <laughs> saying it out loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So like that probably would work really well. Um, and I just don't want to do it, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, but and I think I think from how you've, my understanding of your positioning is that like Intercom's customers are not your customers. People using Intercom yeah, they're different. are much more corporate, yeah. much bigger, paying a lot more money. Uh, you're you're looking for more like, I, I think I think your customers right now are not using any sort of live chat, and they're not doing it because yeah. they don't want to have anything else, else installed. They're already using Slack, and they have just like a contact me button with a, an email address on it. Yeah. Okay, so yep. I, if there's a way that you can just like scrape the internet for who your ideal customer is, oh, do you have for for the the two people who emailed you for feature requests? Do they have any sort of thing in common of like their industry or? Uh, no, they're totally different. Uh, okay. One owns a like a store, uh, e-commerce store, okay. um, and the other one is a like a uh, like an agency or something. Uh, yeah. Okay. Two so. very promising verticals. Uh, e-commerce yep. is super easy to get in contact with. So uh, is this website like on Shopify or? Uh, 
Uh, um, uh, I don't know what is backing it. Um, okay. I, it looks like template-y, so I imagine it's it's something, but I actually, I could probably figure out how to tell. Um, okay. Probably if you inspect the CSS, I bet, yeah, you could see, like, woo or shop or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. I think that's traction channel number two that I would experiment with, is, like, figure out how to find, I don't know, 50 sites like his that have an email address but no live chat, and then have yeah. a templated email, and you do it at first, you know, do do 10 of them or whatever, uh, just to see if it works, uh, and if you can convert one person from it, then great, you hire someone in the Philippines to just, like, do the basic customization and... Uh, I found out, so I'm I'm paying Rachel, my personal assistant, um, something like, I think it's $650 a month for one hour every weekday. And I was talking to my friend Trig the other day, who has also has a, a, a assistant uh, out of the Philippines. And he was saying he pays about the same amount for uh, 30 hours a week. So I'm getting five hours a week and he's getting 30 hours a week. Yeah. And he was like, uh, this person's English isn't as good, so I wouldn't want them to do right. anything customer facing. But uh, for something like, you know, this is the basic template, copy and paste their name from here, you know, find a list of URLs that match this criteria. You, you can even tell them, like, you know, go out and, and search for sites that are of this type. Um, and then uh, let me set you up with the email account and, you know, just, just you manually uh, fill in the template. Um, to have a human do that is surprisingly inexpensive. Uh, this this would comfortably fit in the under $1,000 uh, experiment category. Um, how does that sound? Yeah, I've heard that too. If you yeah, if you don't mind English as a second language and the time zone issue, then yeah, hiring. I've heard the Philippines as well. Like they actually speak really good English, and so mm -hmm. um, it, that's not that much of an issue even. Um, so yeah, I've I've heard that as a as a good option. Yeah, cool. Is that an experiment that you that does, does that sound like a thing you could do? Uh, so yeah, but not right now. I think I'd rather spend my time now fixing the fixing it, like making the two customers I do have really happy. Okay. Um, I think that is a better use of my time in the short term. Uh, longer term, yeah, I could see that as a thing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be just a little more pushy. <laughs> uh, I, I can sense that's, that. That's my I job. <laughs> um, uh, the the main the main takeaway that I've had from Traction is like you need to be spending half your time from the beginning on marketing, and you've spent we've logged a lot of hours in development, and I know that's what we both like yep. so much more. It's so much better. Uh, you I have a product a week writing. <laughs> Um, your product works. People are using it. People are sent like this is live on people's sites. You have a way that people can spend you money. Uh, that, that people can send you money. Like the product is is good enough to be sending people through. And the more people that you can get trickling in, the better directed your product is going to be. If you get too hyper focused on just these two customers, I think it'd be a little easy to, to lose your way and just start consulting for these two people for whatever thirty dollars a month. Uh, so you know, as like get get the entire engine running and start having people trickle in and that's also going to inform product decisions um so it, i i would love yeah. if you could do something in marketing in parallel so yes i agree when i say focus on these two people like even with covid it'll probably take me under a week to do both of these things very well and so okay. that's the kind of yeah uh, and so that's the other thing is like my brain right now is not working well <laughs> yeah so i i like having a smaller focus than okay. a broader marketing thing uh, which is more excuses. Ah, I can hear people yelling at me. <laughs> That's I'm totally fair. Shut up. <laughs> I, I, how, what about like, so so going on a, on a Ahrefs Safari is something that I've also been meaning to do. Um, yeah. What if we split for the month a Ahrefs subscription 
uh, and then you can go on a Safari for, and that's just clicking around. That's not doing anything. That's just you can you can be in bed. You can be searching like intercom.com. Oh, make a, see see what terms they're uh, ranking for. Oh, that's interesting. You don't have to write in the ads. You don't right, have to right. buy anything. You're just gonna like get a better idea, do do more research, and it's so like of anything in marketing, SEO feels the most like coding to me because it's all numbers hmm. and it's all just like statistics and it's all like uh, it's like a graph web of the collective consciousness of what they're trying to figure out uh, the, the questions everyone in the world is asking you get to see yeah. that data um, and they have an have API you... if you wanted to like make some sort of an automated tool like it's uh, that that feels a lot like coding but it still counts as marketing yeah have you seen there's um, it doesn't give you traffic numbers like Ahrefs does but just hearing you talk about that there's a site that will you can say like how do I and then a word and then it'll give you all the different word or all the different like questions people ask about that word. Mm. Um, it, so it's like hrefs. It, uh, but when you were talking about like this is a, a snapshot and what people are asking, that's exactly what it does. And it has like a really neat. And now I can't think of the name of the website. And so, <laughs> but if you search for something like that, there are there are free sites that do that too. Uh, and it's you're yes, not, it's very you're not talking about just like Google autocomplete. No, 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 uh, no. It it makes this different. It, it produces like like a thousand different questions like in the how do i and why do i and when do i or whatever and then gotcha. it maps them in a web for like how they're connected uh that's and it's cool. really cool and i can't think of the name of it <laughs> we will include it in the show notes if uh, uh we can we can dig that up um does that does that sort of href journey sound like a thing that would be feasible in in your uh current like uh reduced capacity state of Stop. recovering from covid probably <laughs> okay i'll take a probably i'll take what i can get <laughs> <laughs> cool uh i by the way like i'm i'm pushing you i have done nothing in marketing <laughs> since we last yeah. talked like oh, what have you done <laughs> nothing uh, i'm pushing you so you'll you'll uh push me back uh right. yeah uh but before that um i don't think we've talked about uh oh any, anything else on acorn chat no, no i don't think marketing so. okay um you have an exciting announcement on your uh gps competition yeah you do? Uh, we got gold Hey! Uh, congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, which gold does not mean first. Uh, it means uh, approximately top one percent. Actually, it was like one point eight percent or something this time. Um, yeah. So we got. Uh, well, it was tenth place for a little bit. Or it was eleventh place, and then tenth place, and then eleventh place. So it bounces around a little as they finalize. This is actually the first time. So um, they remove people who they suspect of cheating, and so we were eleventh, and then they removed someone, so we went up to tenth, and then they added them back. Uh, so oh. I guess they proved that they didn't cheat. So that was that's the first time I remember that ha- happening. Um, hmm. But yeah, so we got 11th, which was uh, the very bottom gold <laughs> medal in that competition. But that's all right. It's gold. <laughs> it's still gold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was, that was exciting. Do you know what they call the person who graduates at the bottom of their medical class? Uh, doctor. Yeah. Doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Congratulations. That's wonderful. Yeah. You, need, uh, you need two more golds to be a grandmaster. Yeah, two more to be a grandmaster. Yep. And both of those can be on teams. Yep. Cool. You're, you're inching towards it. Uh, any recent Kaggle stuff catch your attention? Um, there, there's actually a lot of competitions open right now. Uh, some of them are closing soon, and so I don't like I don't like joining competitions that are closing soon because you just don't have time to mm. do very well or get into it at all. Um, and some of the other ones are interesting-ish, <laughs> but they're actually they're really interesting. Uh, a couple of them are like. They have a 400 gigabytes of data. Um, and so I'm like, oh, do I really want to like mess around? Because like 400 gigabytes of data, you do anything. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might join a couple of those. They're, they're really interesting. They're so, uh, they have so much data because they're medical imaging stuff and like 3D me- medical imaging scans, um, which is pretty cool. 
Um, like one is like detecting fractures in a spine based on a MRI, I think. Um, and yeah, so, so there's a couple, I haven't fully dug into any of them though. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. The imaging for detecting fractures in the spine is very close to what a company that Sarah uh, was working for used to do. And that's cool. The like mm. image recognition for interpreting medical, uh, data. That's, that's wild stuff that's that's gonna yeah like you know it's gonna be very unusual i feel like when i'm telling my kids about like oh yeah you know you used to have a radiologist person specialized in looking at these images <laughs> they would just by hand find these things they're gonna be like what are you talking about <laughs> i just right. have this on my phone now it just scans it and, and interprets it or, or uh something uh cool congratulations that's very exciting two more to grandmaster uh and yep. it's it's work that you really enjoy that you get for filming out of yeah. Uh, we talked about Acorn Chat. We talked about COVID. We talked about Golden GPS. Uh, I think that those were all my notes for you for this week. Uh, yeah, I think so. Kids go back to school this week, so that's why we tested them and they're negative. So that's great. As long as they don't show symptoms, we'll send them back to school. So that's good. Uh, that's it. Yep. Sweet. I, uh, for anyone watching this on video or noticing the sound of trees rustling in the background, if you're just on audio, I am in the woods. Uh, on my parents' property. This is Jenko Village, which I've talked about in previous episodes. This is a property that's been in my family for, I think, four generations. Uh, my my grandparents originally bought it. Uh, th- there was some uh, rough stuff happening in their neighborhood in Manhattan, and they were like, ah, oh, we got to get our kids out of here and like have a place that we can go to if things go bad. Uh, so they bought an old resort in upstate New York. And so my dad and his whole generation uh, grew up like spending the entire summer here. And uh, the dads would come up on the weekends, and they just had a blast, and there's like you know, a basketball court and a swimming pool and uh, 200 acres of woods and it's, it's a really oh, wow. cool place. Uh, and my parents recently bought it and uh, we had our family reunion uh, two days ago and that was just like one of the coolest days of my life. It was so much fun. Like all my, so it's, it's my, my dad's generation grew up with all of his cousins uh, and then some second cousins. And so all of those people have since had kids that are about my age. And so now all those people are starting to have kids. So it's just like, and I was amazed, like, I grew up knowing almost all of my second cousins on my dad's side. Mm. And, like, all those people are here now and they all have jobs. And I found out one of them's like a reporter. And I was like, oh, I just read this book about how I can contact reporters. And she was like, oh, yeah, I get these things all the time that say like exclusive and it's not really an exclusive. And it's like a cliche. And I was like, oh, no, that's what my book recommended. You say in the email that like you say it's a, an exclusive. Uh, uh, so, funny. yeah, it's, it's really fun and uh, great to like be up here and have those connections and uh, lots of manual work of like, uh, one of my dad's cousins brought up their sprinter van and we, we got to like MacGyver trying to hook it up to our electrical system and we got it working and it was <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, so I've been, I've been spending a lot more of my time doing that sort of thing and a lot less of my time like uh, doing work. Oh, driving also. This is, this is a cool thing I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. We drove 26 hours from Dallas to New York and over uh, like two and a half days and my hands were physically touching the steering wheel about an hour and 20 minutes of that 26 hour drive uh and that was not my tesla that was the comma this third party cool. system that you just plug into any car with adaptive cruise control and lane keep assist and it just drove and it was great like i i have gotten comfortable enough with the system that i can tell like um the sort of situation where it's going to mess up like you know if there's a lot of traffic cones coming up i know that it's not going to handle that well so i, I would take over and uh you know if it, it pays a lot of attention to the lane lines. So, like, mm. if construction had us splitting the lane right. that the lane line was going, like, underneath the car, it wouldn't be able to handle that. So I did that. Um, and the comma can't handle stoplights or stop signs yet. So anytime we were, like, in a, in a town, I would do that. 
Um, and the comma's not as good at figuring out uh, speed limits. So, but mm. like, you know, in an hour, I might just make like three adjustments. It, it felt like piloting instead of driving. I'm just saying like, oh, right. well, you know, speed limit went up. Let me just hit this button and uh, do the speed limit up. But such a tangible, like, I'm, I'm trusting my life to this machine learning system that like what what fantastic proof that this stuff works I, it drove me all the way from dallas to new york it, it was amazing uh and i think that's really cool and the category of work that you're doing in, in machine learning is uh very neat and helped me not have to drive to new york uh felt very refreshing cool yeah that's neat uh, is this the what version of the comma ai is it is it the latest version or? the comma three i think it's okay. it's the one that's not it's not just a cell phone with a 3d printed case it's okay, like it's a, a dedicated molded thing. thing yeah um and there's two cameras in the front and then one fisheye in the back so theoretically i was thinking like there's no way that this could be the tesla because the tesla has cameras all over but the comma has a fisheye lens pointed towards the inside that can also see out of the windows and the back window which like that's a better view than i have in the driver's seat and i'm able to drive a car um so i think there's a chance that this could I don't think it's going to beat the Tesla. I think that the Tesla is really far ahead in terms of like what it can do and, and the yeah. intelligence that it has. But like, I think it's going to be right on its heels. I, I haven't seen any other system that that comes close to this. It, as far as I know, it's like it's Tesla's autopilot, and then it's uh, Comma AI. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you have Waymo, which is doing driverless already, fully driverless <laughs> in, in cities. But um, and then that's with like really accurate GPS data and yes uh, and lidar. LiDAR. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Elon Musk famously um, said LiDAR is a, a fool's errand. And, uh, yes, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I agree with him. <laughs> uh, like, um, and then you have Cruise as well with GM. Oh, um, Cruise, you're right. Pretty far how, how do, is Cruise vision-based? Or is that, uh, is that LiDAR? It, it used to be LiDAR-based. I don't know what they're doing now. Okay, okay. They're they're going after more of the uh, robo-taxi thing, I think. They're not... Uh, uh, Waymo's going after robo-taxi. Cruise... I don't know. I thought they were trying to integrate into GM's car lineup, but okay. could be wrong. That's interesting. Okay, I, I don't have experience with um, with GM or uh, like I haven't I haven't ridden in a in a Waymo car. Um, Waymo, I guess though, is they have the pilot program in uh, somewhere in Arizona. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like operating yeah. this as a taxi service? Yeah. Yeah, F- fully autonomous now. They they got approval to, to do that. Yeah. Amazing, man! What a future. This is so exciting. I remember a, a conversation I had with my grandfather where he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can't drive anymore, and this sucks. And I was like, well, you know, self-driving cars are coming out pretty soon. And he was like, ah, not before I'm dead. And I was like, you want to bet? Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. they will be. <laughs> um, and then last year, I, I drove a Tesla up to his house, and I was like, Grandpa, like, I have in the driveway, like, a car that can drive itself. And he was like, oh, yeah, we had that when I was young. We, we called it a trolley. And I was like, no, 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 but, but you, told me, you told me it wasn't going to be around before you died. I'm like, it's here, and, and you're still alive. And he was like, I never said that. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> Grandpa. Uh, and I apologize to listeners. There's a, uh, a minor construction project happening uh, in the background. Um, cool. To uh, uh, several other, like, personal updates. Uh, we forged, Sarah and I forged our wedding rings uh, in upstate. I had the whole setup I brought up here, and Sarah designed the rings, and we cast them in gold. Uh, so we're going to get married later this month. Uh, just very a exciting. very small ceremony, yeah, uh, with parents and siblings, and then we're going to do like a some sort of wedding reception uh, next year, next summer. But like, we'll, we'll be officially married uh, at the end of this month, so that's very fun. Uh, talked about the family reunion. Okay, uh, one thing I think I just want your hot take on because this is a, a project that got pushed forward. I think I told you before about this idea I have for sending people weird birthday cards, like yeah. you know, happy. Uh, second birthday on mars mars has a different 
uh, uh, orbital period. I'm not sure what the term is. It takes yes. longer for Mars to rotate the sun uh, around the sun than it does for Earth. Uh, and every planet has their own period. So, like, your birthday on Mars is, you know, you're, you're like two-thirds as old as you are on Earth. Uh, and it happens on weird days that you wouldn't expect because Mars has a different calendar. And also, like, 10,000 days old or, like, as old as George Washington was when he became president. Um, and it's sort of just a project I've been kicking around, but uh, a listener of this podcast actually connected me with a artist in the UK named Rob Middleton, who draws like the exact thing that I'm going for, like a cartoony thing cool. that's like sort of greeting cardy based. And I got really excited about um, not GPT three, uh, Dolly, uh, yeah. because that seemed like the way that I was going to get this done. That like I could start just entering text prompts and and uh, have the art made, but it's still an artistic process, like. It's it's so much more feasible for me to do that now, but like it takes work for me to be able to get images that are good. Versus yeah. talking to a human artist, like he just sent me a few of them off the bat. That he was like, "Ah, oh, birthday on Mars. How, how about this?" And it was perfect. It was like a Martian <laughs> on, on Mars, and it, it was perfect. Um, so I'm trying to think about. I, I just had the call with him a couple hours ago, and we're, we're trying to think about like a revenue model that would make sense. And I think the one that is currently making the most sense to me is if I made a site that was like an Etsy for visual artists that like Rob can make whatever graphics he wants for whatever cards. And then he says, you know, show this card to people at this interval based on their birthday. He, he puts the math in there. And then when someone lands on the site and enters their birthday, they can see, ah, you know, next month is this person's uh, third birthday on Mars. And so here are some example cards that you can send them. And then if they click on one that Rob made uh, and buy it, through the site now i give him a commission and then he can set the price of his cards um what what's what's your hot take on that as a model interesting um i mean it's neat uh if to enable people to uh make money i mean you have all the problems that marketplaces have now yeah. um so yeah i would pro- i would i would go read some uh accounts of people who create either marketplaces or like uh e-card like i know like andrew warner made of mixergy like made a bunch of money selling an e-card site maybe you can find like his account of building that um that's what i would do yeah um it, it may or may not be a good idea i don't know but um i'm sure there are dragons that you're not thinking about so i would go uh read about some people who have done it and yeah try to find the dragons before they before they're <laughs> they're there yeah you know until you pointed out this was a marketplace i did not consciously register that that would be a marketplace and that's like a thing you shouldn't do <laughs> yeah it's totally a marketplace <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it would be wouldn't it um i think i was I, I wasn't framing it that way because like just working with like like rob making the initial set of 20 of them um would be enough to have a functional site that i think people would use like you know that that covers all the planets that covers weeks and that covers interesting days of, of being alive um, and then I think I would just like if if any other artist wanted to list their things on it, they'd be like, yeah, sure, let me make you an account and and you can do it. But like, but it could be sustainable just on Rob, and just based on me like throwing things up there from GPT three. Yeah. Um, okay, so that that I like. Yeah, starting starting not as a marketplace, but starting as like even if you pay Rob or you pay Rob half and and then like the commission is half or whatever. Like I I don't know what or the I mean, commission would be half, but whatever. Um, so like even if it's like a mixed paid commission model at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, I like that a lot better than thinking about it like a marketplace. So good. I mean, I'm glad you uh, yeah, had a plan that even if it fails to be a marketplace would still work. But okay. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of commission, I have no idea what 
a good commission. Like I'm, I'm familiar with the Appster model of that Apple takes 30%. Um, I know that I'll have to at least cover the cost of sending the card through Lob, which is I think under a dollar. Um, and then I was thinking roughly a price point of uh, how much are cards? I don't know, $5 to have it like shipped feels about right. Um, and yeah. write your own custom message. I don't, I don't know what the split though would be between the, the artist and me. There are sites that do this. So I would go look at the competition to get a feel first. Cause I don't, I don't know either. I have yeah. no idea. Um, so uh, yeah, I would look at what other sites already do, and okay. you'll probably find a pretty standard term. You know. Okay. I'll look at that. Also, uh, if you do this, be very careful with terms. Uh, either get a lawyer to look at it, or find uh, something that you feel like is is uh, you know adaptable or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Terms for like yeah. who owns the art, who owns the art, who own, who has the right to do what, all that, okay. and uh, yeah, be, yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, still a side product, still a still a distraction. Uh, but it'd, it'd be cool. I'd like to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, then the. I, go ahead. I was gonna say with, with one artist, like even like terms. I would be careful with terms still, but you probably don't need a lawyer. You can be like, you know, we have the mutual understanding that whatever, 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 and like that's probably enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. For one artist, yeah. But it's, yeah. if you start getting more than one, then that's when I would think about it more carefully. Yeah. Okay. And like when it gets over any sort of considerable volume, like I don't. I don't expect this to be making any kind of money for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other thing is how do you actually plan to drive traffic? I don't know if that's what you're going to talk about next or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, uh, let's let's talk through like the traction uh, plan for it. How? So, I I think the customer for this. I think I think this would be a fun sort of like customer facing thing of. Like, I want to use it to send cards to my friends, and yep. I could see this being a fun thing that pops up on Reddit or Hacker News or something, but I don't, I don't know that that market would be sustainable. Like, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be in the B2C space of competing with Hallmark or something. I think where the money is in this project, I think this was your idea, actually, one of the first times that I talked about it, of, like, finding a business that wants to use mailers as a marketing channel so people yeah, like I think real, real estate agents. I think real estate agents was mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, then, you know, real estate agents love keeping in contact with people. That's like one of the things in the real estate course. They talk about how you need to uh, stay in contact with people because so, you never know when they're going to sell their house and you want to be top of mind and a person who they trust who's in the neighborhood. Um, so if I go to real estate agents and I'm like, hey, here's an opportunity for you to be sending custom personalized things to people in your neighborhood uh that are gonna delight them that like every time i've told someone like hey you know you're you're 15,000 days old happy birthday yeah. uh they're like whoa i didn't know that that's yeah. uh, the day is so much more special for them um if so so uh, for a real estate agent to be able to do that to uh for people to send them cards like that um i think that's 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 like a thing that people would be happy to get and then uh is an excuse for the real estate agent to be in in higher contact with the person so yeah. uh, um, everybody's in happy. that case you'll almost certainly get the request that especially for real estate agents they'll probably want to include like their card or a magnet or something like that hmm. so if you're actually sending a physical thing then that could be an upsell to like you know if you give give me a digital file i will include a card or a you know a flyer or a whatever as well so. that's harder for me mm. i'm not sure how i would do that off the bat because oh because you're doing it through lob yeah i'm just doing it through lob which just sends postcards what it, what what might be on the postcard that like the postcard itself would be the thing that they would want to hang on the fridge like if you got a postcard that said you're 15 years old on mars today on this yeah, day yeah. and your name is on it and as like, long as it said from your friends at whatever realty yeah right 
Right. Yeah. Is that something you would hang up or display or like? I think a lot of people, people might. Yeah. Some people okay. might cut off the from your friends at and then hang it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. the, the other thing I just thought of was, so the other companies that send me stuff are like my dentist and my doctor both send me birthday emails. Mm. Um, and so I thought you could have like happy birthday on Mars with a bunch of teeth and that could be like four dentists. Uh, so you could have like themed, okay. uh, happy birthday yeah cars. yeah yeah oh yeah. yeah 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 we make the cards for a specific vertical so we have like the yeah. pack of oh you're a dentist you probably want to send people you know all, all of your thing will have teeth in them right <laughs> right uh yeah 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 that's good that's good <laughs> um yeah yeah Two of my uncles are dentists, so I, I could talk to them about this if that's, like, a, a thing they would want to do. Um, yeah. I like that as a product so much better, too, because, like, that's, like, real estate agents and, and dentists are going to be uploading a spreadsheet of people. And then I just say, you know, uh, for, for a customer, this would cost $5 per address, but because you're doing it in bulk, I'm only going to charge you $3 a mailer, and I'll take care of all yeah. the sending. And uh, you can you can decide how often you want to send someone a card. Do you want to send someone a card, like, every week because we have enough events filled in that like we could send them something every week uh right. or do you want to send them something like every three months we can you know you you can pick the things that you want to do or if you have a custom thing or if you want to like commission art from us um and now that's like part of the marketing budget for a business and now this becomes something that uh uh like is is making real money um yeah yeah i i like that and a commissioning uh, when you said that that's a huge way to get artists uh involved because so if you say you know as an artist, you make a pack, and if if a company buys your pack, then you make you know fifty cents every time it can set on or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but if they commission from you, then I will put you in contact directly, and then you negotiate your price or whatever. Yep. Um, I bet a lot of artists would be interested in that. I like that. And then I just, I think I I think I don't even want a cut of that commission because I think I just yeah like, no I wouldn't. Them. And then and then yeah. you know it's going to be on my platform anyway. They're like getting this all set up is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like with the yeah. timing of the, well, so so you know the artist and the business aren't gonna aren't gonna go outside of my platform to, to set this up on their own. Um, yeah, so I think I just have like a, a job board of artists with example pieces and ah, oh, that's fun. It's fun too because like I'm supporting the arts and like art is I want more art in the world and this is the way that uh, artists can make money. Um, the the uh, person I talked to today, Rob, was saying that he uh, is a retired teacher and he he's like transitioning to art. He wants to do more art hmm. full time. Uh, and so I found myself in this position of like, I'm working on a thing that is going to enable you to be able to do the thing that you want to be doing, that you'd rather be doing. Like that feels really cool. Like, yeah. good. I, I want more people to be doing the thing that, uh, they, they like doing. Uh, and this is just a dude who like really likes making art. So yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, cool. Any other thoughts I, on, I bet this? you could also get artists who want to contact their mailing list. Uh, so like with their art on the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would have to be probably slightly higher end art. Um, so like people with, you know, a, a, it has to be people with higher end art, but whose customers still would like uh, uh, silly birthday cards, uh, which yeah. might be a pretty small sliver. I don't know. Maybe not, but <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, I don't know if I like it and I'm not sure I can say why. I think because, well, okay. No, here's how I think I would handle that use case is like, anyone can sign up for one of these corporate plans where you can pick a pack and be and be sending it to people so maybe i say like you know if you uploaded the pack yourself you don't have to pay any like you know you, you get that pack for free so you just have to pay the, the base see. level so like right. if you're an artist yeah that's what i'm going to do if you're an that artist and you uploaded your own pack you can send that pack to your own audience 
basically at cost and I, I might take like a dollar I don't know or something yeah um, I just want to be covering like the, the uh, stripe fees and the, and the lob fees um, and then I would love for that to happen as much as possible because now like the artist is going to be sending it out to their audience and then maybe a member of their audience sees that it was like made on my site uh, which doesn't have a name yet <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say this, this is like the perfect example of, of super viral uh, product itself. Mm. Um, and so because it's being sent out. And so mm -hmm. definitely make sure you have your URL on there and definitely yep. make it rememberable. Whatever it is, make it a dot com. Yeah, I know you like dot apps and stuff, but make I it do. a dot com. OK. And make it short and memorable. Yeah. OK. Do you have a suggestion for a name? Weird birth. I have no idea. The, it's my my uh... you, use use lean domain search okay. uh, dot com, I think. Um, that, that that is my example. Or or Namecheap has a pretty good Namecheap's uh, something Zilla or I don't know. It has a it, it tries to use AI to find uh, a variety of, of uh, things. Cool. I also have a list of all the .dot com names uh, that exist. And so if you wanted uh, to write a thing that would check if something existed or not, uh, I can. Let's see. Technically, I can't hook you up. Uh, we'll work something out. <laughs> the terms of service forbid me from sending you the file, but we'll figure it out. I actually, since we talked about this, I saw a post on Hacker News about uh, Derek Sivers posted uh, mm. like instructions yep. for how to do this. And so then coming from you and then from him, I was like, all right, let me just go ahead and sign up for it. So I also oh, have you did. it. So oh, great. Uh, okay. I have it without uh, breaking their terms of service. So Fantastic. funny. Like, why isn't it just an API? I don't, I don't understand. Because people make money by having it exist. That's that's. I didn't pay any money though. You just sign up for it and you just get it. It just takes like four days. That's true, but uh, you can pay them money for certain things, as far as I understand, right? Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Um. Cool. Okay. I'll I'll go on a hunt for a good domain name. Um. If it's something that I want to ultimately to appeal to like dentists and real estate agents who would be looking at this as a form of like direct mailer marketing. I guess I would want to use one of those sorts of terms. Like it's a direct weird birthday mailer marketing tool. I mean, something like weird birthdays is fine too. Like, I think that's okay. Like okay. it's, it's silly and playful. So it can have a slightly silly name. I think that's okay. Um, but I'd make it a .com. Yeah. Let me, let me just check really quick if uh, weirdbirthdays.com is available. Cause if I it is. suspect it's not. <laughs> I have had several times where I've gone on Google domains to search for a domain name like this. And it's told me I already own the domain. <laughs> I know. I, I have had that happen once and I was like, Oh, oh funny that weirdbirthdays.com is available for $12 a year. Can I buy oh, it? Do it. Birthdays do or it. birthday? Uh, both if you can, but birthday, mm, I would, I would buy both if they're available. Are they both available? Dot com. Weirdbirthday.com is not available. What's at weirdbirthday.com? Weirdbirthday.com cannot be reached. Uh, okay, so weirdbirthdays is, okay? is probably weirdbirthdays.com. Yeah. All right. I'm also, I'm also looking on lean domain search for birthdays. Um, there's some interesting one. Yes, birthdays. Yes, birthdays.com. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, try birthdays. Ink birthdays. I don't know. Club birthdays. That's kind of interesting. Anyway, yeah. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about is File Inbox. Uh, I left it to the end because there's not very much to say. I have mostly ironed out the Dropbox file uh, transmitting integration. I have one more little thing to do on that, which is templating the, the folder names for the page. But I know exactly how I'm going to do that. So, like, I'm over the hump of complexity. Like, I have figured out the hard parts of this. 
uh, we're we're coasting downhill uh, on this surfless transition. Uh, a little spooky because like we're putting real people on it now. Uh, the very next step for me is to do that one more feature, and then uh, there's a there's a customer I have who was wanting a feature that's now included in this, which is including all the four metadata in the emails. Um, so I think I reach out to him and get him onboarded. Um, and then I'll need to like automatically redirect his old page to his new page, which should be pretty easy. And then I think I just keep chipping away at like trying to bring more people on File Inbox to the uh, File Inbox app. Uh, and then I've, I've talked through this plan so many times, but it helps me to, to just talk through it one more time. Yeah. Uh, and then once I have a critical mass of people and I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, every person I'm reaching out to in File Inbox, uh, I don't need to implement any new features. And, like, this this could be happening automatically. Then I think I bring everyone over, and then I keep both apps running for a little bit of time, and then I make the .com point of that app, and, but I still keep the Rails online just in case. And then uh, there's going to be a day where I shut down the Rails version, and that, that's going to feel official to me. Like, that's the day to celebrate. When I shut down that app, that's like, whoa, <laughs> I, I did it. It's, we, are, we are transitioned. Uh, but the transition has started, and that's very exciting. Um, and then I... I Cleaned up a few more bugs for Brian Richards, um, making sure that he can start collecting videos from people in September. The process of recording video from, uh, like, with, with these new web APIs to, like, record stuff in the screen and the camera, really buggy. Like, it's, yeah. there's so many edge cases. There's so many ways that it can fail. There's so many things you need to handle, but that's just one thing at a time. I'm just blocking it out and fixing it and uh, building that moat, to, to use your terms. Um, so... We're, we're getting there. We're building something really cool. And I am so proud of this as a product. Like, this is the, this is the coolest thing I've ever made. Um, and it's the, the culmination of, like, eight years of thinking about this problem. So I, uh, I'm going to be very happy when it uh, fully ships. Cool. Yeah, building the moat, uh, which I think I got from the Art of Product podcast, which I think they got from somewhere else. Uh, but, yeah, every, every time you do something hard, it makes, it makes it harder for someone to come up after you and do it. So, yeah, good. I love that for me. Uh, Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.